so I say thank you. You never know when you're in DL or Awana, you might be raising a great missionary. And I can tell you, she may have arrived there as a little girl, but today she's a lion. And I am so excited to be able to have her full time uh, being able to church plant. And I know we're going to see an explosion be able to have that. So I say thank you to y'all. So. This morning, I'm going to preach very African. Um, Americans like to preach in a straight line, point one, two, three. In Africa, we like to preach in a circle. And so I'm going to start two stories, and then I'm going to go into a biblical part of it, and then we're going to finish it. So y'all got to stay with me. You can't let your mind go for a second, or you might miss it. Um, so I, uh, last time uh, I was supposed to speak, and um, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, there, you guys had a COVID outbreak, and so um, uh, I ended up, you ended up canceling the service, and so I did it digitally from the farm. I don't know if anybody remembers that. And let me maybe give a little backup. Um, uh, we found out the biggest people group in um, Clarkston were the Somali. And specifically, the ethnic group that we have a heart for are called the Gari. And uh, there, since 1600 AD, there's never been a Gari that hasn't been a devoted Muslim. And uh, anyways, we found out that the most effective way to reach them was to build a relational bridge um, that was strong enough to drive the gospel across was to deliver camel's milk. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm African. Y'all have to talk back to me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if we're serious about it, we were going to start a camel dairy. And um, so we had put bids on several farms. Finally, I thought we had the best farm, and I was so excited, and we were down to the last days when we were going to just sign the check, and we were so excited, and I don't know if you remember, I preached the message, and the theme was, the Lord will fight for you. Anybody remember that? And I did it from that farm. Well, that's not the end of the story. See, I, I sent that off. And 15 minutes later, my contract was terminated. And I was angry with God. I said, I thought you had a plan for us. I thought you were making a road for us. We even had Appleton. I don't even know if you know, you guys paid for half the farm. People sacrificed. Not one or two, but thousands. And all we want to do is to reach this people group. And you, the road stopped. Stopped. 
I felt like God had failed me. Let's be honest. Do you ever feel that way? Story number two. When we went to Clarkston, we decided that the best way to reach people was to move into apartment complexes. We did not want to minister as aid worker or missionary. We wanted to minister as friend and as neighbor. And so we rented almost nine apartment, uh, nine apartments, and we actually, that's if you come down on a team, you'll stay among the refugees in the apartments because we want you to build relationships with them. So one day, I'm driving through Clarkston on a road called Ponce de Leon that goes through entire Atlanta in which the property is extremely expensive. And I look over and there's a for sale sign on a piece of property. And the Lord says, buy it. I almost ran off the road. I'm like, this is completely different than what you've been telling me. And plus, it's on Ponce de Leon. And it's an acre and a half. And it has a 2,400 square foot warehouse and a nice brick building. I said, that thing's gotta be worth two million. So I thought, I couldn't have been God. The next five times I drove past, I clearly heard God say, buy it. I thought, okay, it's not my ministry, it's yours, God. If you want to blow it up, that's your problem. <laughs> so I went and checked it out. It had been a paint store. And Atlanta, the city grew too fast, and they were never able to put in city sewer. So everything is uh, septic. And because it was a paint store, people assumed that they poured paint down the drain and that it had gone all through the property and that it was polluted and an EPA mess. So nobody would buy it. So um, instead of being 2 million, they were asking 500,000. So I found out that there was this EPA test that you could do and I thought, well, God, if you're in it, I'm gonna go for it. And if you could drill and check and find out if, there's, if it's polluted, and the AP, EPA came back and said, this is possibly the cleanest water in all of Clarkston. Turns out the guy that bought it in the late 60s had said, nobody will ever pour paint down my drain. He had been protecting it for 40 years for us. So I went out front, did a Facebook Live. I think we did transfer it. All the old people saw it and then transfer it to Instagram so everybody else could see it. 
Um, and something crazy happened. People I didn't even know, places I had never been, were sending money. And in three months, we raised $417,000, more than I ever thought possible. So I bought it. And I thought, I suddenly realized that the 15 apartment complexes that we were focusing on, it was right in the middle. Like if I was going to engineer and draw out plans, that's where I would have bought a property. And I thought, I can do a big after-school program here. So January 2020, we start working on the plans. Blockage. Okay, that won't work. We just kept trying. Things kept falling apart. I even had people that I uh, tried to pay to, to write plans, and they forgot. I mean, it was like the craziest thing. And, and then, I, like, the city was doing stuff, and, and, and I, I was just like, God, what are you doing? And, and I just I said, all we want to do is help refugee children who have had the worst things happen to them that, to to be able to learn and have a chance to make it in life. That's all we want. And people have been giving from all over. And God, you're allowing this road to stop. God, this is your plan. I didn't even want to buy this thing. In the last two years, a lot of bad things have happened. And I bet a lot of you have gone through periods when God disappointed you. See, our theme for this conference, it's all of Jesus for all the world, right? You're going to have to talk back to me. Yeah. Part of Jesus for all the world? It's not, it goes deeper than salvation, right? It's all of Jesus, right? All of Jesus for all the world. And part of Jesus... Is his promises, right? You got it, bro. <laughs> and I argued this promise back to God. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's my daughter's life verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for who? You. Declares who? Plans to destroy you, discourage you, and abandon you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and to give you hope and a future. Amen? So part of all of Jesus 
It's all his promises. And I argued this in prayer to Jesus. I said, you're the one that gave me the plan. I'm going with it. And then where are you? And Jesus said, stand on my promises. All of Jesus for all the world. So now let me tell you the rest of the story. I left the farm very, very upset. I literally want to get my car and just keep driving. Ever feel that way? I pull up to my house. My 16-year-old son, Sam, meets me at the door. Yeah, he wasn't there to hug me and say, I'm sorry, Dad. He looked at me and said, Pete, why don't you pray like you used to? He said, Dad, not Pete, sorry. <laughs> I said, Sam, what are you talking about? He said, Dad, in the past, when EA came to a wall, wherever you were preaching that Sunday, you would stop and have everybody pray for a minute. Two, break into groups of two or three, pray for one or two minutes. And every time, Dad, God broke down the wall. I wanted to lay him out. Because <laughs> he was right. That next Sunday, I was preaching in the church we attend in Atlanta. And I had everybody pray. Less than 60 minutes after the service was done, we got a listing. Within 24 hours, we put in an offer. Within another 24 hours, they accepted someone else's offer. Yeah. But this time, I knew God had a plan. Within seven days, they rescinded their offer and accepted ours. December 2nd, 2020, I signed on our new farm. Here's the crazy part. I still can't figure this part out. We paid cash. The last farm was beautiful hills, but not real practical for pastors. 
and it was 27 acres. This farm was not 27 acres. It was 60. <laughs> the other farm had two buildings, both that required tens of thousands of dollars because they were in such bad shape. The new property had three buildings that we could almost move right in. The first farm was 45 minutes to an hour from Clarkston. The new farm was 26 minutes. God didn't give me my plan because it wasn't good enough for him. Right? Story number two. We didn't start renovations on our building. February, a food distributor said, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to give you three van loads of food. Okay. I have room. There's nothing else I'm doing at the warehouse. Might as well put food in it. We don't have a food ministry, but I'm sure there's hungry people somewhere. <laughs> April, they shut the schools. And we had suspected it. But kids started calling us within 24 hours saying, we only eat at school. There's no food in our house. Could you bring me a cookie? And we said, no, we're going to bring you a whole bag lunch. So we started making bag lunches and guess what? We had room to make them and we had food sitting there to do it. We got up to 160 and realized that if we really opened it up, that would double and triple in the next short period of time. And so that wasn't a good sustainable idea. So we started making family boxes that were more like uh, things that you need, like sh sugar and flour and uh, beans and rice and stuff that fam whole families could eat because whole families were hungry. We would make the boxes and we would deliver it, knock on their door so there wasn't COVID being mixed around, but they could come out and get it. But it allowed us to go to their homes when nobody else was visiting them. So we were the only ones that had contact with some of these families. And God worked. Then there are 12 other organizations in and around the area that And they said, well, we have people that we, that we try to help and we have no idea how to create these food boxes. We have no idea how to get this going. We said, no problem. Give us their names and we'll make a box for them. All of a sudden I realized, what the heck did I just say? <laughs> My daughter and I were spending between five and seven hours a day because remember, you can only buy like two of everything. So we would hit 16 stores. And if I had $100, 
I would spend 200. Assuming if God gave me 100, he'd give me another 100. The food bank of Atlanta heard what we were doing, contacted us and said, we would like you to be our partner, but you have to have commercial fridges and freezers and your place has to be air conditioned. Okay. I went online. The commercial fridges that we needed to have were $8,000. So uh, I'm old, so I went on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I found this Christian guy that had a dent and scratch place and negotiated with him, and I ended up getting two fridges for 1225 so 2500 altogether. Yeah. Now, let me be honest, it wasn't a black back alley. It was a little sketchy, but the guy said he was a Christian, so I assume they weren't stolen. Or... <laughs> I didn't have 2500 Next day, I got a grant for 2500 exactly, to the dollar. So I thought, we're on a roll. Let's put air conditioning in this place. So I said, come on down. I talked to the guy. He goes, it'll be $18,000. I'm like, no problem. So he put it all in. I kept checking the mailbox. No check for $18,000 came through. <laughs> I went up to him sheepishly and said, uh, can I have the bill? And he goes, no. He says, it's already been paid. Amen? Since COVID started, we have delivered over 600,000 pounds of food. At the height, yeah, give God the glory. The food bank didn't always give us stuff that we needed, and so we had to purchase other stuff. And I, you may have heard of this place called Appleton Alliance. Um, they actually gave us $30,000. And we were able to, yes. At the height, when we were feeding 459 families, we figure eight to 10 people per family figure, we were feeding about 4,000 people. But here's the cool thing. One of our guys went to deliver a box, a guy by the name of Brian, sat down, knocked on the door, realized he had, it was a clerical mistake, we went to the wrong door. You know, God don't make mistakes, right? Turns out we realized they needed it. He kept delivering, one day he showed up, Knocked on the door, and the guy walked out. He was uh, disabled. He had been hit by an IED when he was working with our U.S. Special Forces in uh, Iraq. And he said, I've seen the destruction of Islam, and then I see this. He said, I want to become a Christian. God did not allow the plans to happen on that warehouse because if he had, we could not have done this food. His plans were better than mine. Amen? Amen. So we say all of Jesus for all the world and part of all of Jesus is the promises. And this promise is, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Amen. 
Not just for Pete Brockup, but for all of you. And at times, we feel we, won't, we may not see the plans completed the way God wants to until we get to heaven. But I assure you that if you are open and you follow the plan God has, he has a reason. So are you willing? Put your plans down and say, here, Lord, I want your plans. Because I promise you this, it's all of Jesus, but it's also for all the world. And the only way we're gonna be able to pull that off is if all of you Follow the plan God gave you. Some of your plan might be to pray. We started another story on the farm. We want to get camels. We have goats. Some of them really stink. <laughs> but the, what we need to put in the pen, we need... A, uh, a skid loader, we have bid on 19 of them and lost. We have 50 acres of woods and we had loggers that we had contracted to come in and take out the wood. They were supposed to come in June. They're still not there. If this is the plan God has, we need another miracle. And we need people to pray. Some of you are like Skylar. Some of you, your plans is to go. To give up your security. And go. You know, missionaries anymore aren't the pit helmet in the Bible. If we're gonna go, to all these places. God's got to rise, raise up some businessmen, some engineers, some doctors, some teachers. I know we're not close to touching what we need to in Clarkston. So are you willing to follow the plan if it even means you leaving? For some of you, it means going across the street. Do you know that this is one of the points that we're dropping off refugees? Do you know that? Do you know that Appleton is a huge refugee point? Do you know that their felt need is friendship with an American? Are there any Americans in here? Maybe your plan your refugees in the valley. This morning, I'm asking you, 
put your plans and dreams on the altar and tell God you're willing to follow his. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord.